Yeah, Shoney's was great. Um, they didn't serve alcohol. So you could be 16 and work as a server there. And so I just had the best time serving people. I, I just, I don't know what it was, but I got to meet everybody, say hi to everybody, and, you know, kind of like bring smiles to their faces. From Fiori Communications, it's How I Got Here, a show of inspiring stories from Tallahassee area leaders, business owners, and neighbors, all the challenges, opportunities, inspirations, the twists and turns of life that led them to where they are today. Everyone has a story worth telling, and I am really grateful that we get to bring a few of them to you. I truly have been changed by my conversations with these amazing people, and I'm confident you will be too. I'm Dave Fiori. And in this episode, I speak with Jerry Deloge, the owner of Jerry's Midtown Cafe, Jerry's Love on a Plate, and Simply Entertaining by Jerry. And while that may seem like a lot for the popular restaurateur to keep up with, Jerry has spent a lifetime working hard, going the extra mile, and doing whatever it takes to reach her goals. The native of Clewiston, Florida, was raised in the shadow of the area's sugarcane mill, where she played sports, was class president, and rocked the saxophone. She actually first fell in love with Tallahassee, attending FSU band camps, and was determined to return one day. Jerry's first food job was at Shoney's as a server, before transferring to the Tallahassee Outback, enrolling at Kaiser, and helping to open multiple Red Elephant locations. Eventually, all roads led to the popular Paisley Cafe in Midtown, where she would assume ownership just months before COVID would temporarily shut her down. After first thinking she would lose everything, Jerry says it was the best thing to happen to the industry because it forced positive business decisions that are still paying off today. It paid off personally as well as she met her husband, Brian Deloge, then a Leon County commissioner, in a meeting with a group of colleagues to complain about the county's COVID policies. Jerry talks about her love for Tallahassee, the importance of her faith, and her dreams for the future. We started our conversation talking about growing up in a relatively unknown part of South Florida. It was great growing up there. I love being from a little small town. Um, Everybody knew everybody, so everybody would definitely uh, come together, you know, in times of need. And, of course, if you got in trouble, everybody knew about it. So there were, you know, times for discipline, too, because your parents were going to find out. So that was good. Did you get in trouble? I I did get in a little bit of trouble. (laughs) Just like every, you know, normal kid growing up in a small town, not a whole lot to do. It was great. I love going back and visiting, but it's uh, really why I like Tallahassee, because it's still that small town feel, but it's bigger and has, you know, a lot more to offer. All right. So what about parents, siblings? What was your family like? I grew up with um, my mom and dad and my two younger sisters. And yep, it was the five of us and went all through school, you know, with the same kids and everything and um, graduated from high school and uh, decided on Tallahassee because I used to go to band camp when I was in middle school and high school at Florida State. I saw that. <laughs> I want to ask you about that. Uh, so what do you, when you think about your childhood and growing up in small South Central Florida, mm-hmm. what, what do you remember most? What, what sticks out to you? I really, believe it or not, and this is going to sound crazy, 
I actually miss the smell of the sugarcane mill and having the black ash fall down from when they were burning all the cane. So the cane season and burning season was just, to me, a really cool and special time. Um, And then, of course, the sugar festival that we had every year in our little small town. We drew, you know, big names with some country music stars that would come in and play. And then people from all over would come into our little town. It was it was great. Yeah. So definitely the the sugar cane. I mean, that's a big because being up here, we don't really think about it. But sugar cane is huge. It is huge. And a big part of life down in that part of the state, right? Yep. And it was a big part of our lives. My dad worked for U.S. Sugar uh, for 30 years. Yeah. So he's a therapist now. So, (laughs) (laughs) And I've even heard that there are a lot of great athletes come from that part of the state and has something to do with working in the sugar cane fields, That that is correct. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, So we have the little neighboring town is Belglade. But Belglade, Cluiston, Pahokee, South Bay, yes, you have a lot of great athletes that come out of that area. And it's because of, um, they call it the muck rabbit. The muck, yeah. The muck rabbit. So if you could run through the cane fields or wherever, and if you caught a muck rabbit, you were fast. And that's how a lot of these guys would train sometimes. And they'd kind of, you know, have the bragging rights of, I caught a muck rabbit today. Is a muck rabbit a real thing? It is a real rabbit. It's like a, I don't. I guess it's like a cottontail rabbit. They're okay. really fast. And so, um, and that's the thing when they'd burn the cane, all of these animals would like run out of the cane fields. It was really cool. Yeah. Adidas actually did a commercial with their shoes and for, with some of the athletes from that area. And you could see them running through the burning cane. And uh, it was a great commercial, in my opinion. You can still see it on yeah. YouTube. But yeah. All right. So, uh, what kind of kid were you? Were you a good student? Were you involved in stuff? Well, I, we, we've already established you got in trouble sometimes. Yeah. So. You know, it was the normal trouble every kid gets sure. into. Um, you know, I I enjoyed school and I enjoyed going to school, but school for me was more of a social club. I was class president a couple years. Um, I was always on the committees for helping building the floats for the homecoming parades and things like that. I always organized all the dances and, you know, could really get the parents involved with helping out, you know, kind of making it my vision and how I wanted it to do. (laughs) I was always kind of the boss um, and was really good at delegating and getting people to kind of bring my vision to life. Um, A skill that has proven helpful today. Yes, because I am very good at thinking and knowing what I want, but like actually kind of executing it. I always need a lot of help in that department. So, but I was your average C, maybe B student. Um, Like I said, I uh, was more involved in like all the social aspects of it. I played sports. I ran cross country. I played volleyball, softball. Um, and I was also in the band, so I played saxophone. So I was Sax. very involved, and I loved, um, like, I always had a job after school, too. So, like I said, I was just very involved in all the activities. I wasn't really necessarily involved in the books all the time. Right, sure. <laughs> it's important to be well-rounded. Exactly, right? exactly. All right, so you were in the band, played mm-hmm. saxophone, and yep. you would come to Tallahassee for band camp? Yep, I would come to Tallahassee for band camp, and I just thought, man, they do such a great job, you know, with this camp. And it was such a fun two weeks for me every summer, and I made 
so many friends from all over the country. I mean, these kids came in from all over. And it was at Florida State. It was at Florida State University, and we stayed at it used. It was called Cash Hall. So um, it was cool. You had this independence, and you could you know walk around the college campus and in the School of Music and. Uh, you got to learn other instruments and cultures of music. They did a really good job with like music theory and having classes. And then you had to audition and got placed in one of the three bands. And then at the end of the two weeks, your parents came to pick you up. But we performed for them at Ruby Diamond Auditorium. Which is so pretty cool. It was really cool. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'm coming back to Florida State and getting a degree. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> good. So you liked Tallahassee. You liked Florida State. It left mm-hmm. obviously left a good impression on it you. It did. I love Tallahassee. I couldn't wait to get back up here after high school and get to Florida State. So, But, you know, I took a roundabout way getting into Florida State. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. But while you're still in Cluiston, it sounds mm-hmm. like you got your first food service experience at a Shoney's. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> yeah, Shoney's was great. Um, they didn't serve alcohol. So you could be 16 and work as a server there. And so I just had the best time serving people. I, I just I don't know what it was, but I got to meet everybody, say hi to everybody and you know, kind of like bring smiles to their faces. And I worked with a friend of mine, Liz, and she loves to tell the story. In fact, we were in Colorado where she lives now a couple years ago. And she was telling my, well, he's now my husband at the time, you know, Jerry, she, I, I would walk out of there with like 20 bucks in my pocket and she would always have $100 or more because all of her tables just loved her. So <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of came natural to me, I guess. Right. So. All right. So you graduate from Clewiston High School mm-hmm. and you already have set in your mind that you want to come to Tallahassee and yep. go to Florida State? That was it. Okay. You get here, but you don't end up going to Florida State right away, right? Nope. So I, here, <laughs> nope. here's the roundabout way part of the story. Here, here's the roundabout way. Okay. I guess being in, in the service industry at the time, you, you didn't really know that there was like a hospitality management program at Florida State or the Deadman School. But also I was working, I was a transfer from the um, Outback Steakhouse in Lake Worth, Florida up to Tallahassee. And so I was having a great time working there, but I'm, I was always fascinated too with um, crime scene investigation and like that kind of, I can blood, guts, gore, surgeries, things like that just don't bother me. But I knew I wasn't going to make it in the medical field because you got to study and like read a bunch of books. Yeah. that's C's don't really get you medical <laughs> exactly. degrees so much. So I was like, Ooh, this <laughs> will be fun. Yeah. And, um, TCC had a great program. So I entered that program, but then, you know, soon into it, I um, had a really bad bout of like panic disorder that I got diagnosed with. And I, it was just one of those things that came out of nowhere. I don't know why, but so I said, uh, we're going to put that on the back burner. But, you know, I was making enough money and having a good time and kind of out networking and doing my thing and dabbling here and there. And I was just like, I don't really know what I want to do. So um, I just kind of stuck with Outback and, you know, was kind of trying out different jobs here and there in the meantime and then ended up going to Kaiser University. And I thought, oh, well, you know, this might be fun because you learn the back of house and like how to be a chef, but also they teach you like inventory management and kind of how to open a restaurant as well. Then I quickly found out now if I'm going to, you know, open something or be in something, it's got to be that front of house, this back of house, being in the kitchen all day, just 
didn't do it for me. Outback, lo and behold, um, John Schrowang moved on and opened up his own concept, the Red Elephant right. Pizza and Grill. And then that's really when things started to kind of take off for me. And then I kind of found where my spot was, if you will. Yeah. So you went with John mm-hmm. and started working at Red Elephant? Yep. Went with John, started working with Red Elephant. I fell in love with um, the new store openings and doing lots of training, once again, being the boss. <laughs> right. <laughs> and telling people what to do <laughs> yeah. and how to do it. Yeah. And fell in love with the front of house coordinator side of it. And so one, every time he opened up a new store, um, a friend of mine and I, Casey. So for those not in the business, explain what that means, front of house coordinator. Yep, so front of house coordinator. So our, it was our job to, um, once all of the front of house staff, which are your servers, your bartenders, your bussers, were hired, um, we then brought them in and trained them on the Red Elephant way of doing their job at this new venture. Okay. So you were specializing in opening new locations. Yep. And at one point there were seven or eight? Yes, there were eight total, I believe. And so um, all of them were in Florida and one in Dothan, Alabama. I really enjoyed it. And then, you know, just from that, then I was able to kind of progress up the chain at the Red Elephant Carry Forest location and was uh, an assistant general manager over okay. there. Mm-hmm. At that point, were you thinking about all this knowledge and experience you were collecting and in the back of your mind, were you thinking, okay, because I know sometimes you can be in a job and just do your job. And other times you're like, okay, I'm going to use this opportunity to learn as much as I can for maybe some possible thing in the future that I, where I might be able to apply it. Was that in your head at all at that point? It, it was in my head, but also never in my wildest dreams did I think I would own a place either. But I think just Red Elephant kind of created that you're meant to be in this industry. Mm-hmm. And so once I knew kind of my time was up with the Red Elephant, I also wanted to explore other categories, if you will, in the hospitality industry. So I really wanted to pursue events and learn what that was all about. So by this time, I had started taking some classes at Florida State because they had the hospitality management program. And I was like, you know what? I've always wanted a degree from Florida State. And so now, like, I know what I want to get my degree in. And so this will be fun. And so I kind of started that. And then that's when I saw the opportunity for an internship at Honey Lake Plantation Resort and Spa. So the Red Elephant and Florida State kind of opened up those you know, areas of opportunity for me too. And so. Okay. Yeah. And Honey Lake's pretty cool, unique venue. Correct. You did of special events, I did catering, s- that y- kind of stuff. Yep. So I did, um, we had our own like catering area. So I, I was what they called like the catering director or like a catering manager. So, um, or events manager. So I would help coordinate and put together um, with the catering team and the operations team weddings. We did mm. events for the governor. We had Mike Huckabee out there. We did hunts. Um, but any kind of corporate event, special event, birthday party, wedding. When you were at Deadman, did you ever do one of the little dinner nights? I did do one of the little dinner series. In fact, it's so fun to go back and participate yeah, that's now. that's a great thing. It is such a great thing, but it's so hard to get tickets. And that's so wonderful to hear that it's It's like so an hour popular. or yeah, something. And they're done. They're yep, done. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. And sold out for like their whole season, if you will. So you you did get to do one? I did get to do one. Um, it was, but 
back then it was still called the Ashby Stiff Little Dinner Series. Um, For the Democrat food critic. That is correct. Yep, yep, yep. And so ours was really fun being on the team. Of course, my role was, you know, the The front of house. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And so I got to coordinate, you know, all the stuff and help with the menu. And so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great experience. Mm -hmm. It was a great experience. Yeah. Around this same time, you eventually mm-hmm. ended up at the Double Tree, yep. right? Yep. That so is. how did you how did you get there? So how I got there was after about five years being at Honey Lake, um, the owners decided to sell, and I knew it was no longer going to be an event venue. During that time, uh, start you know once again I had this great network of friends now, so you know they were all kind of looking out for me, and so one of them said, "Hey, you know." Um, the Doubletree is finishing up all of their renovations, and they're going to need somebody to help sell it as an event space and be a coordinator, catering manager. So I was like, oh, man, this would be great. So I went and interviewed and got the job and really enjoyed my time there because now I went from restaurants to a you know private resort to now hotels. Right. So now I got to learn even more about another part of the service industry, hotels. Yeah. How was that different? How was that experience different from what you had done before? It was different because I got to see kind of the Hilton way of doing things and like more of a corporate way of doing things. Um, I really got to get into the nitty gritty of finding out like about what room blocks were. And there was also like a restaurant that was in there and just seeing kind of the operations of how an entire hotel works, which was, it was, you know, similar in a way of Honey Lake, but just very different because everything was just, you know, had such a great like process and procedure to it. Yeah. And was it around this time that you got married? I actually got married um, in 2015, uh, the first time to a wonderful man, but it was kind of on the tail end of me coming off of Honey Lake Plantation and into uh, working at the Double Tree. So that was a lot of fun. Yep. And um, so a lot of changes in your life during that time, a lot of changes in my life during that time. And it was funny because he and I were friends for a few years prior to and then just kind of reconnected because a lot of this time, once I left Red Elephant, I was living out in Monticello and Lamont. So I was just on the outskirts all the time of Tallahassee. So after a couple years at the Doubletree, it seems like you made a kind of a significant pivot in your career in taking a job with John Kohler and Associates as a marketing manager. Right. So then um, I thought, well, let me try my hand at marketing. I, I didn't go to school for marketing, but I mean, I've dabbled before. And of course, I had known John Kohler from my Honey Lake days as well. And he said, you know, you'd be a great fit. So I tried that. My heart was in the service industry. So that lasted a year, but I gained so much knowledge about marketing and I gained so much knowledge about land and conservation. After you leave John, it seems like that your next stop is the Paisley Cafe. That is correct. So um, how did that happen? So that was an opportunity that came up. Um, A friend of ours, uh, Abby, came to me and said, you know, Kirsten really needs a partner in this and this would be a lot of fun. And my heart was you know, longing to get back into the industry, especially restaurants. Restaurants were my first love. And so we got in there and partnered and came up with a deal. It was, you know, more of a handshake. And um, I really liked that love on a plate 
and, you know, what she had going on there, the food was simple and delicious and straightforward. And so, so um, you came in as a partner, I, not really like a full on partner. It was more, I, w- I wanted to kind of test the waters out first before I did. So I kind of came in and managed it for a while okay. and turned it in from counter, turned it from counter service over to, um, full service. Right. And so that was super important to me because I thought, oh, we need to be capitalizing on this. And it stressed me out seeing those long lines of people coming right. in. And I think once everybody found out it was full service, then it, you know, really mm. started to pick up and take on more. Kirsten um, wanted to get out and I uh, didn't want to see it go. So we basically came to an agreement. And so I took over from that point. I couldn't call it Paisley. And so I wanted to change the name and I went round and round with what I wanted to change the name to. But my husband at the time said, you know, everybody keeps saying, you know, they're going to Jerry's, they're going to Jerry's, they're going to Jerry's. And I'm like, ah, well, let's do Jerry's and we can, you know, put a little heart in there. And, you know, so um, Al Cuneo, he's a um, legend around town. Very, yeah. Al's a great guy. Worked with him for a long time. He's an amazing guy. So Cuneo Creative helped me kind of rebrand. And so it just kind of took off from there. And I opened up Jerry's seven months prior to COVID. Yes. So first, (laughs) was it weird to put your name on it? Because I know as somebody who owns a business with their name on it, to me, it was a little weird at first. So how did you feel about taking this place that people loved Mm -hmm. and now it has your name on it? It was very weird at first. And some people even kind of laughed at it. And I said, eh, but you know, like it's super cute. And once again, it's, you spell it differently than what most people um, spell it. Well, I don't know why they, why would anybody laugh at it? Well, it, it was just kind of a, it was more my friends like, oh, ho, 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 you oh, know, no, it's, it's Jerry's. Jerry's. Yeah. So it was, you know, it was kind yeah. of a ha-ha thing. They sure. weren't, it, it's been a blessing and a curse all at the same time because, you know, people do expect to see you there. And I am there a lot. You also have to be able to take, you know, a day or two off here and there yeah, I mean, too. <laughs> Jerry can't always be there. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Especially now. And we'll get into that in okay. a minute. But, okay. Uh, did you have a different, other than the name, did you have a different vision for the restaurant and did you want to tweak it a little bit or what What was your thought? I had a vision as far as like taking it as far as I could. But once again, I really wanted to carry on that torch and that legacy from Paisley. And I really liked, like I said, those clean, simple, straightforward ingredients. Um, I really liked that it was, you know, a lunch place so you could be done at three o'clock because by this time... I've worked my nights. I've put in my weekends and things like that. And so I liked the idea of being done at three o'clock every day. So right. it was a perfect kind of integration for me. And the food was a holdover of the favorites plus some new plus additions? Plus some extras, yep, yeah. and some new additions. So we once again, we kept that simplicity of it, everything house-made as much as we could, high-quality ingredients, you know, and continued to serve that love on a plate. But just, you know... Put that Jerry twist on it, if you will. Sure. Yeah. So you were obviously good at the food part and running the operation, but mm-hmm. did the business ownership side, did, was that intimidating to you at all? Did you feel equipped to do that or what was that like? You know what? It's funny. I I felt like I could do it and, and it was intimidating at first because really this was the first time, you know, of me. Uh, running a business by myself. So, you know, I really got to see, you know, kind of the the other side of things 
than just being an operator. I was now the operator owner. And so, so payroll and all oh, kinds of man, new stuff. I tell you what, yeah, yeah, that's those that's scary every two weeks when that comes around. <laughs> For sure. It seems like it never stops. <laughs> no, it doesn't ever stop. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's wild actually. So I've always been one of these people where you know, I will think before I leap, but I do a lot of leaping off first. And so I'm always head first into something. And, you know, most of the time it works out. There's sometimes that it doesn't or I'm kind of, you know, kicking myself or. Yeah, um, but that's just normal. You just you just got to get in there and do it. And so one of the books that really changed my life on things like this is um, it's called The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, this is good because this is kind of what I've been practicing is you just got to start the movement. You don't need the perfect business plan to get started. You just got to get out there and do it. And then I think Sarah Blakely, the Spanx lady from FSU alum. Yep. Yep. She said, if your first, you know, prototype or product that you put out doesn't just completely embarrass you, you've done it all wrong. So I thought, all right, you know, I'm on the right that track. That didn't happen. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you just got to. Yeah. So I just got in there and I just, I did it. I just yeah. dug in. Awesome. Just... Well, I always thought the five second rule was how long you had to pick up a piece of food if it hit the floor. <laughs> we don't, we don't do that. Not in a restaurant We setting. don't do that, Dave. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, at home. Oh, at Not home. Not in a restaurant. 100% hey, at home. The, the five or the three second rule. Like, is that M&M that dirty? It's not. No. Yeah. Uh, mine's more of like the minute and a half rule at home. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but at the restaurant, just to be clear, no, if it hits the floor, it's done. If it hits the floor, it's done. Okay, that's good. So make everybody feel better. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you had, you mentioned it briefly before, but everything's going along great. The name change, everything's looking good. Seven months later, the world changes as COVID hits. Oh, man. Especially the hospitality industry. Wow. It was it was scary. And I thought, man, I'm going to lose everything. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what what were your initial thoughts and how did you M- – uh, what kind of game plan did you put together? Yeah, so um, th- I mean, not, th- that, that was just it. We didn't have any time to put a game plan no, together. No, nobody knew anything. Exactly. All of a sudden it was upon us, you know. But, you know, I took – I think I shut down for like one day because I was like, guys, l- let me just close for today until we really figure out what's going on. And of course, things were changing constantly. This is like March 12th, 13th, 14th, somewhere in there. It was wild. Right. And so, you know, we're shut down. I don't really have a game plan, but I shut down for a day. I had to gather my thoughts and just kind of, you know, go home and put my head in a pillow and scream. (laughs) (laughs) And then I thought, you know, whatever they say we can do, we're just going to roll with it and we're going to pivot. And a lot of people you know, at the time, you're like, holy moly, how are we going to get through this? But you just put one foot in front of the other, you try and keep up with everything, you pivot. But for me, COVID, I think was the best thing that happened for our industry, just because it forced me to go online, it forced me to Mm -hmm. go digital, it forced me to really find out exactly you know, how tough I was and what we were made of and how strong the business was and how awesome my employees were. I mean, they were with me and loyal throughout the entire process and, you know, along with me helped figure things out as well. So um, we we just 
did what we had to do. I mean, so you followed along with everyone else on who, when you were open, when you could do curbside meals to go. So you adapted and started doing all that stuff. That's it. Right. Yep. And um, I had some wonderful people in Tallahassee, especially um, Dustin Rivest and all those guys over there at 223 Agency that came to me and said, listen, when you had the Ubers of the world, the Grubhubs and everybody just taking complete advantage of the situation, which I have still never gotten back on third party apps. I'm getting ready too soon because I'm over it. But (laughs) Dustin came in with 223 Agency and said, look, I've got this great product. We've you know, developed it and tested it and this is going to help you and it's free. And I said, nothing's free. He goes, no, seriously, I want to help you out. And so that was really cool to see the community of Tallahassee and uh, people like Jennifer Leal with Tallahassee Foodies. Jennifer and I worked together 25 years ago, by the way. Oh, you did? At Outback Steakhouse. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're Outbackers. (laughs) Nice. So it was funny to see that kind of come full circle too. Um, But so many people, even our regulars and people in the community um, that just rallied around everybody and they were patient and they got it. You know, I needed to put in another phone line. I had to update my website. You mentioned these, but because you were forced to do some things. Correct. Some permanent changes were made to the way you do business and those have been positive. And they've been very positive. Yep. And you look back and I'm always the optimist and, you know, I look at the world a little bit through rose-colored glasses, too. (laughs) That's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. Um, And so I always look for the good in situations. So I saw the silver lining once, you know, we came out of it and looking back and I say, you know, it was a terrible thing, but it was a good thing all at the same time. And and there is always good and positive that come out of situations like that. Sure. And it was also cool to see from a non-food person mm-hmm. or a non-restaurant person, I like food, mm-hmm. but the a lot of collaboration between restaurants and people looking out for each other and saying, how can we all survive this together? That is correct. Um, there was actually, you know, I became great friends with um, Matt Thompson, Matt Thompson yeah. um, you know, Brad Buckenheimer with Canopy Road, um, Jennifer Leal, Alicia and John over at Ricardo's. And there were many more where we all got together and we said, listen, guys, like we got to, you know, what what, we got to figure this out. And like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, let's get on and let, you know, everybody know how we're protecting ourselves and protecting them. And if you come up with something, let me know. So it was great because, you know, there's never really any competition between restaurants, although like there is because there's so many, but there's plenty of love to go around to. And so it was really nice to see us come together as owners and operators um, and managers, along with Jennifer Leal, who, you know, we just got out there and had to stay ahead of it as much as we could. So, And we'll be right back. How I Got Here is sponsored by Barano Heating and Air Conditioning in Tallahassee. I've been friends with Patrick Barano since we met in a chamber leads group about 15 years ago. I'll admit that I pursued him pretty hard to be his marketing firm and eventually won him over. And the reason I wanted to work with him is that I was already a customer and I knew what kind of company he and his father before him had built. He cares about his customers, he cares about his team, and he cares about this community. I've experienced Barano Heating and Air when they installed a complete system replacement a few years ago. And I enjoy peace of mind and same day service with my total comfort service agreement. I've also been behind the scenes at their office and seen firsthand the true character of this company. 
and that's why we're so proud to represent them. To learn more or to schedule an appointment online anytime, visit BarinoAC.com. They really always will be there for you. And now back to the show. Well, let's talk about that for a second on the Tallahassee Foodies. Sure. I think this is now there's like 78,000 people in this group that she created that she didn't expect to be anything. Isn't that wild? It's crazy. I love and, it. And it, part of the, the explosive growth was during the COVID period. That is correct. And yeah. when people started, um, you know, jumping on and the whole concept of, just positive things. Tell us about your experiences. It is not a review group. That is, is correct. It is to encourage and promote the food industry in Tallahassee. That is correct. And um, so tell me about how that tool and that um, engagement with that group of people, both Jennifer and the user, the group members, mm-hmm. how, what role that played in the growth of the restaurant? Yeah. You know, that was great because all of a sudden you had you know, thousands of new eyeballs that were on your business. And she opened up her platform to us to say, post whatever you want, any special deal, whatever. And so having that positive engagement along with, hey, this is my favorite place here in town. It may not be your cup of tea, but hey, go check it out because this is why I really like it. I just thought it was such a cool and unique tool instead of doing that nasty Google and Yelp review type things where, you know, I just wish more people would understand that, like, that's how it should be. And 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 newsflash, we're in the service industry. We're in hospitality. If you are not enjoying yourself or if you had a terrible experience, like, please let somebody know because we will bend over backwards, you know, to, sure. to help out. So I think she did a really good job in promoting that. It was um, a wonderful tool for us to be able to say, here's what we're doing, here's how we're doing it, you know, and we would love for you to stop by or here's the process of how we're doing this and that because everybody, it was it was like the wild, wild west out there. I mean, <laughs> it was just, she just did such a great job of allowing all of us to get out there in front of everybody. And once again, I'm all rainbows and butterflies <laughs> and hearts and love. And so I just thought it was such a, a unique and wonderful tool for all of us to use at the time. Yeah. Well, you got the cafe all squared away. And then now recently, there's been kind of another flurry of activity. That is right. Correct. You acquired Simply Entertaining. I acquired Simply Entertaining. From Robin Lewis. Yep. And uh, Robin and I were great friends, but, you know, she had a major life change that was going on. And so she said, oh my gosh, you would be the perfect one to, you know, buy this and continue on once again with that torch and that legacy as well, because we knew a lot of the same people and we had a lot of the same clients. So it was just a natural fit. I had some other serendipitous things that happened throughout that process too, that just kind of all the, it was easy. It was an easy transition and it was an easy buyout and just everything kind of lined up and, and it was, it was almost like a God thing, you know? And so I had a friend of mine that called once I told Robin, all right, this is a go. Let's just get through the first of the year, you know, get all the tax stuff worked out because I don't – it's better to do a fresh start in January since we were so close to it anyways. And then I had a friend of mine, Stephanie, who's my GM there now. She called me out of the blue. Um, I probably shouldn't be telling this story, but – sorry, Mark. Um, But she said, you know – there's this other company um, that is looking for a catering director. And I was just wondering if you like knew anything about the company or if you have worked with anybody over there. And I said, well, I haven't, 
And, but actually. But but <laughs> I know they put out a great product. They're amazing. And, you know, I love stopping by there. But <laughs> here's what I got going on. She goes, okay, done. I'm coming to work for you. Oh, wow. And I said, all right, done. So, boom. We, we so, that would have been hard without somebody in place. That is correct. Yeah. And so, that's what I was looking for. And so, that just kind of fell into my lap. And she had no idea about it. So, you know, once again, it worked out. And um, so what is Simply Entertaining by Jerry? So Simply Entertaining by Jerry is um, it's a full service catering company, but we also have retail um, in the front. So you can come and pick up all kinds of great little entertaining things for you to entertain at your home. Um, Hostess gifts. We can put together gift baskets, things like that. Um, It's also a meal pickup. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays we advertise we have a different menu every week for each day and then we also have you know cases of food where if you want to come by and pick up you know dinner that night because you couldn't get in on the Tuesday Thursday we always have extra dinners right snacks appetizers you need to pick something up for a party a cheese board a charcuterie board whatever so and where's that located? So that one's located uh, 1355 Market Street. It's right in between Cotton Colors and Lofty Pursuits. Lofty, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Everybody knows where Lofty <laughs> is. <laughs> Such a great place. Yeah. I love the ice cream. <laughs> yeah. And they just celebrated their 30th, 30th yeah. anniversary. Yeah. Yes. That so, was a lot of fun. So congratulations to, to Greg on yes, that. Yes. Congratulations, Greg. Yeah, 30 That's right. years. Mm-hmm. All right. But you're not done there. Not so now another opportunity for a second restaurant location. Yes. And um, but I would like to insert in here too that um after the first of the year I'm buying simply, but I also got engaged. Okay. <laughs> Getting engaged, buying a company, and then another opportunity comes along to where uh, David and Elizabeth were looking to um continue to downsize. They had had Cypress and the Grove Marketplace and Vertigo Burger. And so they were looking to downsize even more. I kind of got wind about it and was texting them right away and like knocking on their door because I've been kind of drooling over that location for yeah, a couple of Yeah, right next years. to Island Wings. Exactly. And it's just such a great centrally located area yeah, in Tallahassee. Yeah, it's about 30 steps from Simply Entertaining. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. And far enough away from the Midtown area sure. as well. Tell us about what that restaurant is and what's different about it and what your uh, vision for that spot is. Yep. You know, during all this time, Jerry's Midtown Cafe and Midtown continued to grow. But the problem there is I don't have a walk-in cooler. I don't have a walk-in freezer. Um, I didn't have a hood system or anything. And so it was really meant to be more cafe style. I mean, it was so hard to do what we did out of there with the resources that we had. So I had been looking for a bigger kitchen, one with the walk-in, because at this point I knew I needed to expand and get more sales and dollars coming in. Um, And it was, you know, more room to do catering and things like that. So we were just super limited with our resources, which not a big deal. We were making it work. But this particular location allowed me to expand my menu even more and I could be open uh, for longer hours. So I decided, ooh, I really like breakfast too in addition to brunch and lunch. So we're going to open up at 7 a.m. We're going to add on a great breakfast menu and we're going to offer breakfast, lunch, and brunch all day every day that we're open. So there we are. 
How's that going? It's going really well. I would like more breakfast business, so y'all come on out. (laughs) So how have you managed, I mean, the catering thing with someone you trust to, you know, with Simply Entertaining to handle that end of things. I see where you may not have to be as hands-on with that. Correct. But now you're running two restaurants. Mm -hmm. So how how do you make that work? So I make that work. uh, I've got I've got a great team. Um, I've been very fortunate in that I don't have a lot of turnover. My kids will leave and see, I don't have any children of my own. And so they're all my kids. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, they'll leave when they graduate or get a, you know, a job after graduation and things like that. And it's so fun to see them, you know, flourish and leave and then, you know, call me and tell me, you know, how great it's going. Yeah. But um, so I, I, I think I've done a really good job with training and coming up with like kind of the Jerry way of doing things, I guess. And um, I've I've had this great team for a couple of years. And so it was just a natural progression almost in taking that team and becoming the opening team over there at um, the new Market Plaza location. We have one more piece of the puzzle <laughs> that you've alluded to, but we haven't gotten into. And that's you mentioned that you were engaged during that. Yeah. Trans, or the during the acquisition period there, mm-hmm. you are now married yep. to Brian Deloge. Yep. Just tell us a little bit about that, how you met, and kind of your story a little bit. Yep. How we met, I was going through a divorce, um, unfortunately. It was very amicable. And when I found out that he was the one that, like, shut us down, I was like, who is this Deslodge guy? Like, you know. As a county commissioner. <laughs> Exactly. Right, a part of the county commission. And I'm very embarrassed out. to say, until I became a business owner, I was not very involved or even really knew about what all was involved with local government. Okay. And so it's been really fun to learn that aspect of it too. But a lot of us business owners got together, and um, I will give credit to John Schrowang because it, he says it's because of him that we met and we are where we are. But he said, guys, let's go and, you know, talk with Brian. Um, And so it was me and like eight other business owners and we could meet him and go ask him questions and kind of, you know, like, where are you getting your information? Now, hindsight, he totally made all the right decisions, in my opinion, and he was doing the best he could. I mean, it was a a pandemic. Nobody was, you know, it's not a hurricane. It's a... We were it's not in the handbook for what to do It's not in the handbook, exactly. So, um, you know, and everybody was scared and... Um, so we w- got a chance to go and chat with him. And so I was just so like, Err. <laughs> this, so that was the first time you met. That was it. Disgruntled business Disgruntled owner. Disgruntled business <laughs> owner. And so um, me going through a divorce and then he had just broken off uh, an engagement. You know, he said, well, let's go out for a drink and commiserate. And I said, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't ask any of the other seven or eight people at the meeting, right? right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, but we did get to ask our questions and we talked about things and, and understood it a lot more. And so, um, but, but you I, spurned him at his first I did. advance. I did. Okay. It was, it was, it was hilarious. So, but then we eventually did, you know, go out and have that drink because I still had some more questions and things like that. But we, um, finally got together. It was funny because he mentioned a place to meet up at and I thought he was like being mean and like messing with me. Cause I said, remember you shut all the bars down. Like we can't get together at this place because it's not open. Right. <laughs> so we met up and then I got, you know, I found out, well, he's not as, as mean and, you know, he's 
kind of cute. <laughs> and the rest is kind of history from yeah. there. So we became friends and I got to kind of see how his world worked and how it all started to come together and, you know, started waving signs and then getting involved. And so I was involved with um, his campaign as much as I could be. I mean, not a lot. I would provide, you know, food and cater a couple right. of different things. And so we're dating and then, yes, we're all over the place and having a great time and then finally got engaged and got married on the 2nd of August and that was it the rest is history <laughs> he's been a great help and a support too because you know he's also very business oriented and business minded entrepreneur yep. and business owner mm-hmm. so he's been able to give me some wonderful great advice and has been you know my number one cheerleader throughout everything that I've done so um, it's been fun to do it along somebody who has also been there, right. done that, and so I'm always able to bounce ideas. Final two questions. Okay. All right, Jerry, looking back, what would you say is the one thing or person that changed the trajectory of your life to this point? I would probably have to say um, the faith area of my life. Okay. And so the reason I say that is because, you know, you're kind of— hopping along and I'd, you know, grown up in the church, but working out at Honey Lake Plantation, I would probably have to say Bob Williamson, the owner. He was such a polarizing person. I mean, you either hated him or you loved him. There was no in between. And he was very unconventional with a lot of things that he did, but he is the only boss that I've ever had that I probably loved and hated all at the same time. I remember he it's the only time I've ever cried at work. <laughs> and working for him, I could work for anybody, you know, and I I kind of, you know, found out real quick how tough I was. Um, but also he got me back into my faith mm-hmm. and my Christian faith and my walk with God. And so that was probably a turning point for me too, because I started then, um, you know, going back to church and getting more involved in that way as well. So that's a huge part of my life and what I do and why I run, you know, my business the way that I run my business. My employees and staff and kids are just, they're everything to me. And so I try and lead by example, you know, so I kind of credit everything to that, I think, you know, it's, been divine if you will the entire time after that so with everything just kind of falling into place the way that it did yeah all right final question okay the podcast is called how i got here mm-hmm. we've talked about how you got to this point in your life mm-hmm. where do you think here might be for you in the next three to five years Ooh, three to five years you want me to be honest <laughs> yes i want you to be honest <laughs> okay Um, You'll have 24 restaurants located throughout the Big Bend area. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I say in, I've I've got a five-year plan. In in five years, um, that's when a lot of my leases come to an end in four to five years. And I think really that's what I have left in me running a restaurant. I think it's going to be a lot of fun up until then, but I would eventually like to try my hand at something else. And so one thing I've been super passionate about is nonprofits and volunteering and that type of thing. I I feel like I I 
it's one of those things where I wish I could do more in the role that I am in now, but I'm just so consumed with all three businesses that I can't do as much as I'd like to do because I want to give back even more to the community. So I think um, if I could be involved as like just almost silent owner or something, I, I don't really know, but that's in five years, I would like to, of course, it'd be great if, if Jerry's and everything else is continuing on, but I mean, but I could see myself kind of transitioning out and having Jerry's go on, but transitioning out and really getting in heavily involved with nonprofits. Um, Second Harvest of the Big Ben just really has my heart and things like that, just, you know, helping spread the love even more. Um, but being able to work on those passion projects and passion jobs too that I'm really interested in but can't really do anything about right now. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I think I'd like to try my hand out, but still doing events and things like that and fundraising, I just find it all fascinating. So um, Boys Town is another one that's you know really kind of near and dear to my heart. So, but I can't be as involved as I'd like to be. So that would be fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the show. You can subscribe at Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, please leave us a review. It really does make a difference. Thanks to my amazing staff at Fiori Communications, who pick up the slack while I'm working on these podcasts, and to Troy Bloom for composing our theme music. You can hear more of Troy's creations on Facebook and Instagram at Troy Bloom Music. To connect with the podcast or suggest a future guest, follow us on social media or email us at podcast at fioricommunications.com.